Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a time. Hosted by Todd Hirsch, ATB Financial's Vice President and Chief Economist, the future of podcast is in its third season. By connecting with industry leaders to uncover what's on the horizon for the things that mean the most to you, the future of podcast promises to give you insights to help navigate what is often an uncertain future. Explore how our economy and communities can not only brace for change, but embrace the opportunities it creates. Subscribe to the future of in the Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found and connect at atb.com slash the future of. So the last episode was broken. Oops. Yeah, so uh, it uh, came out a little late. Technically, I did post it on the right date, but there was a slight formatting error with the post, and that caused the episode to not work, and therefore it did not get caught by the podcatchers. As of Monday, I had noticed that it had not appeared in my podcast app, and so I went and investigated and discovered that I, I had mistyped something, basically in part of the link to the episode. Yeah, and of course, even being one character off, right? Computers don't understand typos. Yeah. All they know is, it is broken, all yeah. bad. So so it, it did not work. Uh, the good news is it is now posted. It should be available. Presumably you've heard it by now. <laughs> Hopefully. And this episode, assuming all goes well, should appear on time. Yes, so. so our apologies, small error. We fixed it, carrying on. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but I mean, accidents happen. Yeah. We're not professionals doing this. This is, as we've said before, just our little mom and pop podcast. Yeah. So uh, sometimes, you know, you're tired, <laughs> you're going to post the episode, you accidentally hit the wrong key and don't notice. Yeah. It's our little labor of love. Yeah. So, yeah, forgive us our errors. But uh, I guess with that said, we'll uh, kind of jump into this episode. We'll uh, do a little recap of our previous chapter, chapter 16, in which everything goes terribly wrong. Uh, the plan does that's, not work. That's not fair. That's all of the chapters so far. I mean, where everything goes terribly wrong. If things go from bad to worse. Uh, the plan to trap the Kepler fails. Uh, Avram ends up collapsing in anaphylactic shock, and uh, unfortunately, Reyna is not able to save him. No, that's death by allergies, and that just sounded horrible. Yes, a critical failure at a first aid role, and that is when. Reyna and Morvan manage to injure the Kepler rather badly and send it fleeing down the hallway, and the crew gives chase as we go into chapter 17 of Screams from the Void by Ann Tibbets. (laughs) Your space voice is getting weirder and weirder. So everybody's racing down the hallway at the start of this chapter. Uh, yes, more or less. They're not together anymore, and they probably should be. That seems like a smart survival tactic. Oh, yeah. Reyna even thinks, like, this is not good. No. Okay, so Reyna goes back for Tam. Yes. Because we all know Tam is kind of useless in very stressful emergency situations. Yep. Dangerous, I suppose say. Dangerous situations. Morvin is all, I'm a hunt me an alien. Yeah, he's- So he's gone. Niall, Niall is trying to keep up with him. Niall is chasing after him. I don't know if he's hunting 
the Kepler with Morvan or chasing after Morvan? I got the impression he was chasing after Morvan. Okay. Either way, he is an old man who cannot keep up. No. Which is unfortunate. He basically has to stop and catch his breath after a moment. Reyna and Tamsin catch up with him. Uh, Morvan has disappeared like around the corner. So Reyna, realizing it's dangerous for Morvan to be alone, kind of like throws Tamsin at Nile and chases after Morvan and catches up with him in time for him to have been injured. Yeah, he's been slashed across the chest. Yeah, he caught up with the creature, went to attack it. The creature retaliated, managed to get a good slash in on him across the chest and has vanished. Right. In this case, literally, uh, as we'll find out in a moment, yeah, has vanished. Like, d- done the camouflaging blendy thing. Reyna's initially concerned that Morvan is dead because so far anyone attacked by the Kepler has died. But no, (laughs) Morvan's alive. Yeah, it was a glancing blow. It looks worse than it is. And Morvan is like, oh, also the creature is behind you right now. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine having just been slashed with like multiple claws across his chest, Morvan's not in a great way. And he's like, the blood. Purple blood behind you, just gasping out semi-helpful words. Yeah, and Raina turns around, and sure enough, the creature, like, decamouflages behind her. And there's a brief, tense moment between them, because she's like, this thing's going to attack us, and it's going to finish us off right now. And the creature's like, you're holding an axe, and you've already injured me. And it ends up slinking off back into the Yeah, it does, like, an angry hiss and retreats. Yeah, Uh, now is not the time for it to press its advantage because it has been grievously injured. Yes? I mean, at the very least, it's lost a limb. That's not nothing. No, that's not nothing. And been hacked in the face. (laughs) In retrospect, there were a couple of things that were a little bit fishy about this scene. Or at least possibly fishy. I mean, I'm no alien behavioralist. Is that a thing? A xenopsychologist? Sure. Well, that's a good word. But... Why didn't it kill Morvan? It could have. It had Morvan down. Um, and if it's and if it's behaving with animal psychology, which we don't know that it which is, which we don't know that it is, but if it is, its pursuer is down. We know it is an aggressive being. Why not finish the job and kill Morvan? I'm going to posit two theories. The first is that we still don't know how the alien slime is affecting Morvan or how it was affecting Pollux. And we had previously suggested the alien might react to it somehow. Right. So it might not have pressed its advantage because he's tainted with alien slime. Right. The other option is that it may have heard Reyna charging down the hallway and doesn't want to stick around for someone to come and hack at it again with another axe. That's fair. So hearing someone coming, it decided to hide instead. Okay. And then run. And then ultimately run when it got spotted, yeah. Okay. Now, why didn't it attack Reyna at all? Because she was armed. It's armed. Morvan was armed. Yeah. It slashed at Morvan and got him down. It did nothing to Reyna but hiss and run away. Yeah. That's more than once. That's at least twice now. That it's hissed and run away at Reyna. That it has done nothing to Reyna. At all. Yeah. We don't know what's up with that yet. It was right behind her. Twice now. Right behind her in the mess hall, in the mess hall, yeah. and did nothing about it. Right in front of her, she actually had her back to it in this hallway. Yes, it was wounded, but it did nothing to her. Hmm. Does that mean something? It might, mean or is something. it just this is how this animal is reacting in this moment? I mean, you're right. It's wounded. Its initial instinct might be, or or reasoning, if it's if, if we know that it's that smart, mm-hmm. might be 
escape and, and regroup, right? It can't regroup if it's alone. It might not be alone. I'm just saying, the behavior is a little bit fishy, but maybe not because I just don't know enough. No, the truth is we don't know why it hasn't attacked Rena significantly in the course of this novel. Apart from it, apart from she's the protagonist. Yes. It doesn't know that she's the protagonist. It does not. We know, but the creature doesn't. Uh, and certainly Morvin doesn't know that Reyna's the protagonist because he thinks he's the protagonist. Well, I don't know if he thinks he's the protagonist. He thinks he's the hero. He thinks he's the protagonist. <laughs> he wants to be the hero. The creature having retreated, Reyna helps Morvin up and starts getting him back to the other two so that they can regroup. And mostly he just takes this time to berate her for not having pressed the advantage and attacked the thing. Yeah, he's like, why didn't you kill it? She's like, come on, dude. Like, did you just see what it did to you? I didn't think I would be able to take it by myself. And he kind of lets it drop more or less because he's injured and being a, kind of a big baby about it, actually. Well, and Raina doesn't have much more than like a hatchet. That's true. Right? Which she outright says, like, I just have a little hatchet and it's got fangs and claws and camouflage and purple blood. And yeah. I don't know what. Like, like Morvin went at it with a machete, right? And and failed. Yeah. Versus her teeny hatchet. Yeah. Yeah. She gets back to the other two and they're like, oh God, what's happened? And she's like, the creature has attacked Morvin. We need to go somewhere so that we can get him tended to. And so the decision is made to retreat back to the sleep chamber because while it is now full of stinky meat, hmm. the idea is maybe the stinky meat will mask their scents or something. It'll it'll help keep them maybe from being noticed a little bit longer. They are taking stabs in the dark here because they don't know how this creature hunts. No, they do not. Right? We know it can hear them, but it uh, that's about it. I don't know if it can smell. I don't know if it has weird heat vision. I don't know what it is it smells. We have literally no idea of it. Yeah, we have no idea what it does. So they're taking stabs in the dark and be like, this place might be safe. Here we go. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a sound idea. Yeah. They head back and Raina gets Morvan into his sleep chamber and basically uses what's left of the med kit to try to tend him. Yeah. As opposed to, like, proper disinfecting wipes, she's got nothing left but little swabs. Yeah. So she's basically using handful upon handful of Q-tip <laughs> to clean these slashing wounds across his chest. Yeah, the good news is they're not too terribly deep or bad. But again, Morvin is kind of being a big baby about it. That's what I mean. Like, either he's not the big fighter he says he is, or there's more to this. Like, why didn't it kill him? Mm. <clears throat> anyway. Reyna does note that his... Rash seems to have gotten worse and spread, and notes that he seems to be starting to run a bit of a fever, which tracks with how it was affecting Pollux as well. Yeah, because Pollux was about this bad and was worse. So we know where Morvin's going to get to. Yeah. She does manage to get his wounds mostly dealt with, and he is being kind of... Uh, I said before he's being kind of a big baby about this, but it's more than that because he's being kind of vulnerable in this moment to her. It softens her to him. And that leads to kind of an unfortunate falling into old habits. I hated this. It was awful. Here's what I saw from his thought process, right? This is my armchair psychology of what's inside Morvin's brain. I do not believe I'm being helped by this session. Lassie, transference. Your anger toward me is, in fact, the animosity you feel toward your father. He is showing emotion and vulnerability. Yes. Which is weakness. So his response to that is, I must regain control. And this is how he tries to gain control of Reyna again. With manipulation and gaslighting. 
he kisses her mm-hmm. and then accuses her of of being kissed. Yeah. I can't do this again. Get away from me. You started it, jerkwad. <laughs> oh, it was infuriating for yeah. me. I hated it. And I mean, then Raina goes to leave and is like, okay, fine. And he stops her and is like, wait, don't go. And gives her the big puppy dog eyes. Ugh. And she's just like, you know what? No, we're we're not going to do this right now. This is neither the time nor the place. Get yourself cleaned up and leaves. Yeah. She's like, I can't do this either. And she left. And I was so thankful that she did. Yeah. So after Raina leaves, we actually flash back in time. Yes. We get another flashback to uh, a year ago. Yeah. About a year ago. And we finally get that little tidbit of information about what exactly happened to Morvan's dad. And frankly, it's pretty much what we guessed. Well, not exactly what happened. But we get the news that Morvan got. Yeah, which is uh, there was a battle. His father allegedly disengaged from the battle. Possibly there was some miscommunication. Who knows? There's certainly the implication that he may have been fleeing from a hopeless situation. Very cowardly thing to do. Very unpatriotic. And it got basically his squad wiped out. Yeah. Whether or not that's true. And Reyna even suggests, like, they could be wrong. Yeah. Not that he didn't die in battle, but they could be wrong about the circumstances. There could have been, as I said before, miscommunication. There could have been a misunderstanding. Well, we're never given why he disengaged, right? So all we know is he disengaged, and now a bunch of people are dead. Including him. Including him. So he can't account for himself. No, but what we don't have are reasons. No. Was, Was it an order? Was it a weird judgment? Was it miscommunication, like, we don't know. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because the important thing is what Morvin thinks about it. (sighs) And Morvin is now tied up in this idea that his father died a coward's death. That, again, essentially informs all of this. Oh, yeah. It it kind of breaks his psyche in this moment, too. It's very much the reason why he's so dead set on killing this creature rather than trying to escape. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to be like his dad. Yeah, somehow cowardice is the worst thing in the whole wide world. And we get the demonstration of Morvin's cycle again, right? He breaks down and cries because of his dad. He's shown weakness in front of another human being. Oh no. And so that means he's lost control and control must be regained. And it's it's such a strong thing for him at this point that he basically date rapes Reyna right there. The words aren't expressly used, But when she calls it a terrifying passion, that's what it said to me. And it just further cements how broken he is and how horrible he is and how much I hate him. Yeah. He is a horrible, horrible man. And good news. He's going to lose control later in this chapter. And uh, Reyna definitely recognizes that's a bad thing. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Sorry. Carry on. A couple of episodes ago, I had wondered after them mentioning the galaxy as opposed to the solar system. And I had suggested maybe that was an error somehow, but it came up again in this chapter. And specifically, it's mentioned that Morvan's dad was deployed over in the Omega Galaxy. And I realized, oh, that actually tracks as potentially another galaxy. Yeah. So maybe, in fact, they were out of our galaxy for a while. And I mean, timeline-wise, they're on the return leg. So they could have stopped at some systems in our neighborhood like Kepler and Glisse on the return trip. Like they're getting closer to Earth. They're just not here yet. Yeah. It, well, it's part of the loop, right? You yeah. you go out and then you turn around and you come back, right? And that loop could have indeed taken them out of our galaxy. Sure could have. Now that does raise 
myriad questions about how fast this ship can go, that it can cross the black interstellar space between galaxies, or if they're using some manner of wormhole technology, or if they're using some sort of jump gate technology that folds space so that they can just instantly travel between spaces. I don't know. I don't know. They've never talked about their travel methods. And now I'm curious, though. <laughs> the nerd in me wants to know how this ship is getting around. Yeah, but it's kind of irrelevant to the story right now. <laughs> I don't care. I like world building. I want my world to be built. I want to know how that ship moves. That's what I want to know. So, and Tibbets. <laughs> How does your ship move? How does your ship move? Unless it's explained later on in the book, then don't tell me. But if it doesn't, <laughs> I want to know. Uh, it's certainly not pertinent to right now. And we transition back to the present, whereupon Reyna, exiting his sleep chamber, goes to confer with the other two. And Tam immediately notices, oh, you're all flushed and red and disheveled. Are you okay? Do you have a fever? Do you need to lie down, Reyna? And Reyna just like gives her the the dagger glare and Tam is like, Oh, shutting up. Nope, nothing. You look great. <clears throat> um, and the three of them decide to figure out a new plan. And ultimately it boils down to maybe it's time to seriously consider evacuating. Right. They're still an escape pod. If they can't contain the Kepler run from it. I have no problems <laughs> with that plan. Morvin, however, does. Yeah. And, and then he shows up. He walks in on the conversation and basically calls them out as cowards and is like, no, we're not running away from this problem. We've injured it. There are four of us. We're armed. We can corner it and we can kill it. Niles like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm the commanding officer. And Morvin counters with, uh, we voted for me to be the commanding officer now, Mr. Guy. And Niles like, number one, that failed immediately upon Pollux showing back up. Number two, don't think I've forgotten about your little attempted mutiny. Yep. And number three, I am going to report that when we get back. Yeah. What we should do is we should go to the escape pod and we should go. Yes. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with that plan. Yeah. And I appreciate that finally the characters have put voice to something that you and I talked about earlier, right? Because here's when Morvan turns to Reyna and be like, how come you're not backing me up? And she blatantly, outright says, look, <laughs> the conditions of that were... Niall has to agree to it, to mm -hmm. you taking charge. And you need a plan other than kill it. And you need a plan that isn't run after it and try to kill it. You have done neither of those things. Yeah. So, no, I want to live. I'm going to this escape pod. Yeah, you, you haven't upheld your part of the bargain. So I'm not upholding mine. Like, that's just the situation we're in right now. Yeah. Now, Niall does voice that he's not 100% certain that Pollux is dead either. And Morvin's just like, no, she's dead. She's 100% dead. She was Don't alone in the greenhouse her. with the Kepler. She's dead. I locked her in there to die. And Niall's just like, we don't know that for sure. So I think we should check before we hit the escape pod. Yeah. Because if nothing else, we'll know for sure. This is an interesting character piece on Niall. He is very keen on not endangering other people. He doesn't want to leave a soldier behind. No, exactly. No yeah. one left behind. Don't endanger anyone if you don't need to. He didn't want to send the distress signal because it was going to bring people into danger. And that's actually an issue that Reyna voices as well. Because when she tears a strip off of Morvan and is like, you lied, you didn't uphold your end of the bargain, and that's why I'm not backing you. But you, sir, <laughs> at Nile, also... We can't just cut and run. We have a responsibility to a rescue ship showing up. If they show up and there's no communication from us and they board the ship, they're all in danger. We have to send out a communique yes. saying stay away from the ship. And Niall's like, all right, we can do that from the escape pod. Let's go to the escape pod. We'll jettison. 
we can send a message, and then we can wait for pickup or head home or whatever the escape pod is able to do. Ultimately, Tam and Reyna are both like, yes, that is a sound plan. Right? So finally, someone comes up with a solid plan (laughs) that is followable and meets a lot of let's all live criteria. Great! Yeah, the only person who's not happy with that is Morgan. I know, and he's the one who's going to screw it up. I know it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Reyna can see that train coming from miles down the track, too. And she's really just standing there helpless to stop it. Because she recognizes, like, he's not going to be happy about having just been outvoted by the three of them, essentially. He's not in charge anymore. He doesn't get to be the hero anymore. And he's being encouraged to run, which he hates. Yeah, it's basically, it's all bad for him as far as he's concerned. So He's going to get them all killed. Oh, for sure. Like, he's uh, 100% going to get Niall killed because now Niall is an impediment to him and he wants him out of the way. Uh, he will almost certainly get Tamsin killed because Tamsin is a liability. And he does not care about Tamsin at all. As far as he's concerned, she's dead weight. Yep, exactly. And he'd be perfectly content to j- it just be him and Reyna. I want a horrible counter of the number of times I call him horrible or terrible or awful. Morvin is horrible. No, we. there's no way to keep he's track a, of them all at this juncture. He's a dastardly human being. But that is where we end chapter 17. Yes. I wonder if we're ever going to get back to Pollux. Oh, for sure. Okay. Like, <laughs> narratively speaking, she's on the back blurb of the book, and she hasn't fulfilled her story arc. We still don't know what's up with the rash with her. We still, still don't know what the, up with the rash with any of them. We don't know what happened to her in the greenhouse, so we'll definitely want some resolution with that at some point. So, like, there's there's still too many mysteries hanging for Pollux to just be dead now. Yeah. Especially because she was one of our rare point of view characters. Mm-hmm. Um, she, we've been left in the dark about her for a while to build tension. But then she's going to show up. The question is, are we going to get a chapter with her, or is she going to surprise everybody by showing up? Maybe. And if she surprises everybody by showing up, Morvin's going to be in a really bad spot. Yep. Because she's going to be like, Jacuz. <laughs> he <laughs> tried to get me murdered. He'll have it coming. Oh, for sure. I would actually go so far as to say, and this is just me speculating. Um, <laughs> oh, that thing we do really well? No, no. But from, from like a narrative point of view, I would say that it is reasonable that for the next little bit, we get a few more chapters with Reyna's point of view, and the two other surviving crew members are lost. We lose Niall and Tamsin, largely because of Morvin's doing, and Reyna realizes she is now trapped alone with Morvin and in danger from Morvin and from the Kepler. And just when things seem like they're about to go really bad with Morvin, he's feverish and full of rash and losing his mind and angry at her. She's cornered by him. Pollux shows up behind him and, like, hits him in the head. Like, (laughs) and surprise, she's alive. That guy tried to kill me. He just tried to kill me, too. Let's get out of here. That is the way the narrative might unfold. Maybe. If I'm right, it's not because I read ahead. It's just that tracks to me as as part of the way Mm -hmm. this narrative could go, right? And then in the following chapter, Pollux explains how she survived, what's going on. Yeah. Maybe she hasn't contacted them because she decided to spend some time in the greenhouse figuring out what the itch was. Like, who knows? Maybe. Maybe she hooked up with Valda and he's still alive. Oh. And he's figured out what's up with the rash because he's a medical officer. Yeah, we never did find his body, did we? Yeah. So, mm. I mean. They're secretly alive somewhere on the ship. Yeah. Hiding from the Kepler. Possibly. That would be great for Valda I mean, to be of, alive. Of the two, Valda is the most likely to be dead. I know. But, uh, again, haven't seen a body. Not willing to count him out yet. I know, I know. So. But anyway, I guess we'll find out if maybe yeah, my wild speculation is correct or if I'm completely off base. Maybe Pollux is the next chapter. Who knows? 
I haven't looked ahead. Me neither. We No spoilers. Yeah, but uh, you can look ahead right now because this is your permission to go ahead and read <laughs> chapter 18. You are allowed to do it. Uh, you'll want to get that read up in time for next week. In the meantime, you know, I mean, we've said it before. Space is a dangerous place, and I sure hope these guys have some sort of insurance or medical benefits. Certainly it would be helpful for Morvin, who just got slashed across the chest. Uh, if you happen to get slashed across the chest by an alien at your workplace, hopefully your employer also has some sort of health benefits to give you. And if they don't, Alberta Blue Cross is there to have your back. Your segues are so smooth. <laughs> you get slashed across the chest by an alien at your workplace. This episode of The Read-Along is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime, on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Alberta Blue Cross. Woo! Supporting the Alberta Podcast Network. I'm a big fan of people having medical benefits. Yeah. Um, you can check out the other great sponsors of the uh, network by checking out the network website, albertapodcastnetwork.com. While you're there, you can see many other podcasts as well, some of them award-winning. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you find one you like, you can download it on your podcatcher of choice. That's probably also where you're catching this pod. Yep, give likely. Us, give us a little rating and review. Oh, we would like that. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, you can also reach out to us on social media. Yes, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads, because we're bookish like that. Uh, we are at the read along on most of those. Yeah, you can also send us an email. Yes, we are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. Morvin is horrible, horrible, horrible. That's three more. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. <laughs>